Hey, hello. Hey, there he is. How's it going, Dino? Good. How you doing? Great, man. Appreciate the time. Yeah, I called you like a minute or two early, but... Let's do it. We're here. Let's rock and roll, man. So, Hell yeah. obviously want to get into the new lineup, the tour, look back a little bit, but uh, new new lineup looking and sounding great. I haven't been out to see it yet, but I'm looking forward to the show, which we'll get into in a second. But curious, man, is this new lineup and, and seeing, you know, Pete and, and Milo as kids kind of coming into this, has it kind of rejuvenated your, your juices a little bit, got you like a little bit more excited seeing it all through their eyes again, like seeing it through their baby eyes? Although it is very exciting to have those guys in the band, definitely for sure. But uh, you know, I I have a lot of energy and I'm just, you know, extremely excited just to be out there to play again because, you know, we've gone through so much. This band has been through a lot of legal issues and, of course, you know, all during the COVID restrictions, you know. So now it's just exciting to get back out there and tour the world and play these songs as they should be played. And, of course, Pete's amazing drummer. He comes from a thrash metal band called Havoc. And he just kicks ass. And of course, Milo, you know, he's the Italian born, you know, uh, uh, singer who, you know, he's just fresh off the boat. And for him, this is this is really new because this is like his first tours that he's been doing. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Where Pete, it's like, you know, he's been touring for a long time with those other bands, but. Pete is just like um, um, Milo is just the one that's really <laughs> new to all this, and he's just absorbing it all and handling it perfectly. You know, I'm curious too, especially with Milo about the the culture shock. I mean, have have you turned him into an Angelino yet? You got him drinking, you know, margaritas and tacos and everything, and taking him to In and Out Burger and all that. Well, he doesn't really drink, so definitely not the margaritas, but for sure the tacos. Now, the only thing about Milo is that he, he can't eat anything spicy. Ah. So no salsa, no jalapenos, nothing like that. So, But he does love, he likes quesadillas a lot. <laughs> Those are safe. Those are safe to eat. I was going to say, yeah, some, some yeah, tortas safe. or something, you know, some something more mild. And then how about... Well, he's definitely tried it all, but he's definitely tried it all, but he's he's like, you know, settled on the quesadilla. <laughs> and is he, I'm sure he's helped you with your Italian at the same token. Well, you know, I, I'm pretty a seasoned vet. I've been all around the world, you know, many, many, many times. And I've had some great Italian food in Italy before. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely when we were in Italy just recently, his friends came over and they made some food. And it was it was amazing. I can imagine. I can imagine. And, you know, it makes sense. Like what you've done and kind of gone out and just toured with this line. I've got your feet wet. But I imagine at some point. I'm sorry. Can you hold on? Sure. I'm knocking on my door. One. I think I got a delivery. Hold on. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry about that. We we are just uh, getting ready to start this next tour with Machine Head, mm-hmm. and so I'm getting a lot of deliveries with merchandising and different uh, different gear, new gear. You know how you got to get prepared, you know, for these tours coming up, and it's a, it's a lot of stuff. Absolutely. You know, speaking of the tour, let's go ahead and get into it. The Slaughter, the Martyr. And I'm excited for an excuse to check out this brand new venue, the Bellwether in downtown L.A. Have you been there yet? I have not been there yet, but I looked it up online and it looks like a really beautiful theater. Yeah. You know, it was like it looked like one of those old school theaters that they remodeled. It looks really cool. 
Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Obviously, old friends Machine Head, Orbit Culture, Gates to Hell. I'm really excited to see Orbit Culture, man. Be my first chance getting to see them live. Yeah, a lot of people are really hyped on seeing those guys. Um, I know they've been uh, touring through here a couple of times in the U.S., but uh, I think this is going to be their breakout tour because yeah. I think it's going to be they fit in with the bands better. Totally, totally. And for you guys, now that you've done a couple tours under your belt, are you sticking with the same set list or are you going to kind of start to venture out and, and give them some new stuff? Definitely venture out, adding some more new songs that we haven't played. Um, just because, you know, we toured the, the States twice, once with Static X and once with Lakota Coil. So now we got to give them something different. <laughs> and so we're definitely going to be adding... Um, a song called Fuel Injected Suicide Machine. Ah, from the latest album. Is, yeah, from the latest album. It's a pretty ripping song, yeah. And, of course, we'll have a couple of uh, rare songs that we hardly ever play. And on this last tour, we added a song called Freedom of Fire. We haven't played that song since 1999. So oh, wow. bringing that one back was really fun, too. I love that. I love that you're digging deeper in the catalog and, and you know, going out with uh, old friend Rob Flynn and thinking of you and Rob Flynn together gives me flashbacks to the Roadrunner United and doing that whole project, man. And, and yeah, God, has that been, I think that was 05. So we're coming up on 20 yep. years, man. Yep. Any, any thoughts yep. or memories from that project? And I'm shocked that more, oh, man. more labels didn't do that in the future. I think there was one of the labels that did it. I think I think Nuclear Blast might have done it, ah. similar something similar to that, um, but nowhere to the extent that Roadrunner did. I mean that that thing cost a lot of money to get <laughs> all those different musicians together. I mean I can't even tell you how many. It was at least fifty plus. Wow. And it, you know it, it could get pretty expensive, but it was really fun to do. I was I was a team captain, so I was able to pick you know who I wanted to be on my team, and it was really cool. You know. We had the um, late Paul Gray, yeah, you know, rest in peace from Slipknot. He was on bass, and Nadia from Cold Chamber was on bass. Roy Miorga from Stone Sour, who's now in ministry, was on drums, and Andreas Kisser from Sepultura, uh, Des from Des from Cold Chamber, Devil Driver singing out know, some of the songs. Um, also, Matt Heafy also sang out one of the songs. Yep. The, the the single called the end that was cool um yeah and it was just so many different guys it was it was definitely fun to do I heard that the because the, there was that one live show in New York and I heard that was just a big drunken fest well Roadrunner made a mistake and they gave all the musicians access to an open bar <laughs> and and so everybody was getting hammered before the show even started. Yeah, I think they released like a version of Sick with with Corey and a couple of the guys from Slipknot, and and it was pretty pretty nuts. But that's that's what well, I'd like to see. Yeah, Brian Fair, the singer of Shadows Fall, was singing. Uh, I can't remember what song he was singing, but he he was so drunk he fell on stage a couple of times. <laughs> it's actually in the video on the DVD. <laughs> Good times, man. And it, you know, in in looking back on the the. Uh, the show in particular, a bunch of Sepultura tunes played. And I know you did some work with Max recently. Matter of fact, last time I saw you was playing with Max, playing guitar and Soulfly. Imagine that went great. Is that something you're open to doing again? Oh, I'm definitely open to do it again. You know, if I find time, I definitely would love to do it. Um, you know, but that was at the, that was perfect timing. Cause that's when, when uh, the COVID restrictions was banned, we, you know, 
uh, you were able to tour in the United States. It was, I think it was 2021. And uh, it was right when I was looking for a singer as well. And I was like, well, you know what? I- I'm tired of sitting at home. <laughs> and Max gave me a call and said, hey, you want to come fill in? I said, no problem. I'm there. So I did about a year and a half with Max, not just Soulfly, but also Cavalier, because Cavalier with Igor, his brother, and uh, and Max, of course. So we did the, the Roots record in its entirety all through South America and um, and Brazil. And just, it was amazing. And uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely open to it again, again. It was rad seeing Max do like Replica and some of the Fear Factory tunes that you guys were sneaking in too. It was rad. Yeah, we were putting in Body Hammer, Replica. Yeah, we were, we were messing around with some tracks. And I know you've worked with him over the years, you know, doing some nail bomb stuff on, on the first Soulfly record. But I, I uh, got me to thinking like, man, if the two of you sat down and did an entire record together, what that would bring. A lot of people have asked us. A lot of people have inquired about that. Um, you know, he's he's consistently busy. He's got like three, four bands going on at the same time. You know, I am just bringing Fear Factory back and we're, we're going to be uh, definitely going in to do a new studio record for sh- really, really soon. So ah. I'm going to be pretty busy, you know. That, that I'm glad you brought that up because that's what I was getting to earlier was, you know, you went out and toured with the band. You got, got your feet underneath you now. Now comes the album, I would imagine. Now you're going to start recording the album. Correct. And that's what a lot of people have been asking. Say, OK, we can see that Milo can do these songs really well now we want to hear what he sounds like on some new tracks yeah so <clears throat> we're eight songs in already oh so, wow um yeah so now it's just to find the time to finish to finish the album so we're going to be doing this machine head tour we're doing um u.s canada australia new zealand and i think we're going to be going over to some uh thailand and some other asian countries mm. uh after that we've got a few festivals here in the united states also in south america and then we got to go to june uh in june we got to go to uh, europe and we got to do some more festivals out there so we probably won't be able to finish it till july so i'm assuming you'll be hearing something by before christmas oh okay something to look forward yeah. to some new new fear factory music man uh do you know i appreciate it's kind of weird how it's kind of weird how like a whole year is already planned out. Just about. <laughs> Isn't it nice? So after the pandemic yeah. and sitting on your butt for a couple years, plus just getting the band back together. Now it's like now full steam ahead. Hell yeah. Like, I'm, I'm so excited. I appreciate all the time. Do you know, last couple of things I got for you, just wanted to get your uh, opinion on a couple little music debates. Uh, one, one of the things that's always been great about Fear Factory is incorporating all the electronic elements into it and all like the industrial and stuff. And no way to not talk about industrial without talking about the goat, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, yeah. Reznor. So I have a little Nine Inch Nails debate. I got started with my wife and I. So I've been asking every artist I talk to who's a fan and in that world. And uh, okay. it's real simple, man. It's album one versus album two. Pretty Hate Machine versus the downward spiral. If you had to pick one out of those two, which one would it be? Man, why are you going to make it so hard? <laughs> That's the point. Why are you going to make it so hard? <laughs> I personally would pick the downward spiral just because I felt he experimented more and he added newer elements. Um, you know, uh, there was a faster song. You know, a faster song was on there. It was obviously the big hit 
was on that record. And not just that, we saw other elements, you know, that he also incorporated that I, I fell in love with. And he also expanded his vocal range, um, uh, you know, because on the first record, if you listen to some of those sounds, some of them were ba- very basic keyboard sounds. Right, right. Whereas the downward spiral, he started to experiment with more uh, different um I can't even say it. Soundscapes? Different electronic. Was that? I said different soundscapes, kind of? Different soundscapes. And he, I think he had a, a team of people working with him. And uh, they brought other stuff to the table as well. And so I think it was more of a well-rounded record compared to Pretty Hate Machine. But a lot of people always like to go to people's first records. Sure. Because... That's where they first heard them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, it was a downward spiral. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a big jump. I mean, and certainly you have to give a nod to the time period. I mean, Pretty Hate Machine in 88, 89, there wasn't that mech te- technology. He only had so many things to play with by 93, 94, certainly a lot more for him to play with. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's just like comparing our first two records, Sony Machine to D-Manufacture. I mean, it was a massive jump. Mm-hmm. So... And, it's kind of like and, the same way. And again, technology played, I'm sure, a big part into that too. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, one more debate. So what was the second question? One more, one more music debate. One more, one more little similar thing. Because we're an old school radio station. We do a feature called Mandatory Metallica, which you're going to be a part of. And so I've been in this Metallica debate with my buddy, not my wife. On okay. Mat- so it comes down to album versus album. Ride the Lightning oh boy. versus Master of Puppets. Man, why do you got to make it so hard? <laughs> well, the first time I seen Metallica was actually on Ride the Lightning. Okay. I was like, a you know, a, a, what, freshly off the boat in, in Los Angeles. I was 18 years old, and it was right across the street where I was working. I was working at a sandwich shop uh, right across the street from the Hollywood Palladium. Okay, by the car wash. Yeah. Yes. And I was working at a sandwich shop. It was called Togo's Sandwiches. Right. And I was working there and I had I had met Dave, Dave Mustaine. I'd made Dave, Dave Elfson. I met everybody in Motley Crue and all the alley local bands. And I was working and some of the crew guys from Metallica came over, made, made him some sandwiches. And I asked him a bunch of questions, of course. Um, and I went to see the show across the street and I was like, fuck. And I was just blown away because they opened up for Armored Saint. Now oh, I wow. love Armored Saint to death, but that day Metallica on Ride Lightning killed Armored <laughs> Saint. Half the crowd left and it was like, wow. wow. And I was just blown away. And I think uh, that experience to me, to see the band raw, uh, just ripping and just destroy a crowd, it would have to be Ride of Lightning. Now, Master Puppets is a great record. Don't get me wrong. It's a masterpiece. But it's something about the rawness in uh, Ride of Lightning, Fight Fire with Fire, you know what I mean? It was just ripping. But, but a, a year or two later, I saw them open up for uh, Ozzy. Oh, right. And I was like, and at that point, Ozzy was kind of transitioning to a little glammy. <laughs> you know, he had his shot in the dark poofy, and all curly that. Hair. He had poofy curly hair, and he had a 
he, he kind of was wearing a sequence thing, almost <laughs> looks like a dress. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And it was <laughs> like, you know, but that was in a bigger arena. Right. So that was, I was further away. So that experience was much more different. So I would have to say Ride the Lightning. Just based on your experience, but if you talk just music and material. Of course, the production got better on Master of Puppets. You know, the, they had longer songs on that record. You know, it was only eight songs on that record. Um, but still, I would still say Ride the Lightning. Just because of the rawness. Yeah. And, and your experience, which makes sense. Do you have a favorite tune we could play for you on Mandatory Metallica? Favorite Metallica track? Fire, fire with fire, man. Boom. Let's do that. The opening track. Beautiful. Dino, thank you so much for the time. Lastly, if I could just trouble you for one of those cheesy radio station things where you say, hey, it's Dino from Fear Factory. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Before that, what was your favorite? What did you pick? Master. I decide master all the way. Same, kind of the same okay, thing. Okay, why? Why, though? Because it breaks down to kind of like we talked about with Nine Inch Nails, the production was certainly better. And I felt like it was a more of a complete picture where he had songs like Orion and Welcome Home that were very melodic. Yeah, but, but, you, he, yeah, but you also had, they experimented more. They experimented on, and this is a song they didn't do on Master of Puppets, Fade to Black. Yeah. That was more of a ballad song. True. They didn't really do that on Master of Puppets. Well, also, Master of Puppets really only had seven songs because one of the songs was an instrumental. Orion, but but see, I give so, a- so they only gave you seven songs. You know what I mean? I, I thought uh, for sure sound, and I thought that doing an Orion and a Welcome Home. Okay, and if we're going to break down a production-wise, it's, you know, that's, we can go there too. There's song-wise. many ways to break down. Song-wise. Yeah, yeah. Even song-wise. I think, yeah. I think the songwriting was better on, on Master- like I said, the the dynamics in that Master of Puppets, the song itself. I mean, what an epic ride that tune is. And it gets into the melodic Hold and on. brutally heavy. Hold on. One of their biggest songs, one of their biggest songs besides besides Master of Puppets, one of their biggest songs is For Whom the Bell Tolls, bro. Of course. Of course. They cannot do a Metallica show without doing that song. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. So come on. There's still some classics on Ride of Lightning. They're undeniable. Oh, yeah. I'm not denying it. I'm not saying it's a bad record or anything like that. I mean, Creeping Death. Come on. Forget about it. But I just think overall, if I'm going to go, if I have one Metallic album, if I'm on a desert island and I get to take one, I'm taking Master of Puppets with me. Yeah, you can't go wrong with any of the records. So that's the problem. (laughs) You certainly can't. (laughs) You certainly can't. but there was less songs on Master of Puppets. That's, that's one of my debates about that. There's less songs. I wonder what the running time is. I wonder if the running time is pretty close it, to each it, other. It was it was a lot. It was like 58 minutes, something like that. Yeah. So you probably, Maybe. even though less tracks, you're probably getting more music on yeah. Master. I've never done an instrumental song, but we've released instrumentals of our records. If you know what I mean. Right, right. You I've never done an instrumental track. You should. You should. Why not? I should? Yeah, why not? Maybe. Maybe. And especially especially in but a anyways. like Fear Factory, man, where you can bring in the industrial and you could give it so much different texture without having lyrics. I don't know. I think you could create some cool soundscapes and sounds. Well, I agree with you on that, but that's why we released the last record, Aggression Continuum, instrumentally as well. Ah, nice. And people liked it. Yeah. really got into it. Yeah. 
But and the reason why I did that was so people can audition with those tracks <laughs> <laughs> when I was looking for singers. That makes perfect sense. Hey, here's here's your karaoke version. Totally. Add in the vocals. Exactly. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Can't wait to see you out there in uh, downtown L.A. Hell yeah. Later, buddy. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming on live at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.